Welcome back to the Pineapple Couch with B-Rub. Today is Tuesday, October 26th, and this is episode 126 of the Pineapple Couch. And this is a special episode because the NBA season is among us, and I have created, gathered together an expert panel of analysts to talk about the NBA. We're going to talk about our takeaways after week one, our top five most interesting players, some hot takes, and some predictions to end the pod. I'm very excited, so everyone uh, stay tuned. Let's do it. Uh, guys, it's good to have all of you. I'll introduce you one by one. Uh, Josh Bilker. Josh, my friend, how you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. It's, it's been a while. I'm basketball back, so very excited. And then we also have uh, Mr. Dom Sacito. Dom, how you doing? Good. Uh, likewise, just happy basketball's back. Mm-hmm. And your fellow Kings fan, Timothy Hall. Tim? Hey, how's it going? It's going great, Tim. It's good to see you. And for the first time in a long time, one of the first guests ever on the Pineapple Couch, Alex Canner. Alex, my friend, how are you? Oh, I feel so good to be back on the pod. Feels be- good to have be- a better than the Warriors NBA. Team. Better than the NBA. Yeah, thank you. I'm honored. Um, okay, guys, week one takeaways. Let's just dive right into this. I want to first start out, though, before we do that with a little... Uh, I want to gauge your guys' temperatures on the teams you root for. Because Alex and I are Warriors fans. We have two Kings fans here, Tim and Dom. And we got old Clippers fan, Josh. And so, why not start with Josh? Josh, how are we feeling <laughs> about the Clips this year? <laughs> that, um, that, could, that wasn't sarcastic. You guys could be good. So let's take it away, my friend. Yeah, I mean, I think this is kind of like a, a good bridge year, regardless. We're not going to do really any damage at all, really. I, I mean, I, I could see, you know, maybe at best a six seed, probably. I think is probably the limit of this team. Paul George looks pretty good so far <clears throat> through, what, three games now? So mm-hmm. he's been doing pretty well. Terrence Mann is a little behind, I think, a lot of what I was expecting. I think a lot of people were expecting. I'm not going to go in-depth with every player, but it, I, yeah, I think it's I really exciting to see um, like guys like Kennard kind of come off the bench and, and do pretty well. And I think we're going to get a lot more rotational pieces kind of excel and be better at their, their role and, and go forward. BJ Boston was kind of a steal and Keon, Keon Johnson as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about those guys. Yeah. Um, one thing, Josh, so you obviously don't have finals expectations this year. So you, I'm on the same page with you with that. Is that because you don't think there's a, one percent chance of Kawhi coming back. Like, there's no way he rushes to come back, right? You have no, no expectation of that this season. I mean, I think there's going to be like, there's going to be a little cock tease with that. I think at the end, right, where it's going to be, <laughs> is Kawhi coming back? Is he is he going to come back for ser- the first series? And it just like doesn't matter. I think it's going to be more embarrassing when it inevitably doesn't work because their offense just didn't involve Kawhi the entire year, and then Kawhi's mm-hmm. just not like a. I feel like he's not like a drop and play kind of guy really it's just just personality wise yeah so it just it it just wouldn't work and i i hope they don't try to rush him back Mm -hmm. all right well uh let's start now go to tim and dom dom i'll start with you um i guess i'll start with a yes or no question to both you and tim are the tim are the kings gonna at least be in the playing game this year in your opinion not your hope in your opinion game yeah i think for sure it's It'd be a disappointment if they didn't, at least. Okay. Okay. And so now let's start with Dom. What is your expectations for this Kings team this season? What do you want to see? You're not a championship contender, but what can the Kings show you this year? Uh, That De'Aaron Fox takes the next step. Um, He's actually been pretty bad these first three games, but I think he really needs to take that next step. I see a lot of people saying John Morant is better than him. I think he needs to, in order for him— have a good seat. No, he's not. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, come on. <laughs> Morant's already 22. De'Aaron's 23. He's been in the league five years. Um, I think he's just a better player than John Morant, but that's not the topic. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, he, I mean, he needs to solidify himself as a top, like, 20, 25 player. Um, Davion and Tyrese need to progress. Marvin Bagley needs to be off the team and set his buddy healed. Those are kind of the things that I'm looking for. Um, mm-hmm. Trading away pieces that we don't really need and having the guys of the future uh, just getting better. I think a seven seed isn't really out of the question for this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the bottom, like that five, probably like six to 11 of the Western Conference won't be separated by that much. So uh, being in the playoffs and having De'Aaron take the next step is kind of what I'm looking for as a Kings fan. Okay. And now, Tim, to you. Uh, Marvin Bagley has obviously been a train wreck since being there, so I don't think I'm not going to really ask you. Do you want to keep him? I'm going to talk to you about Buddy Heald. The thing we're talking about with the Kings and Alex, uh, Josh, feel free to chime in on this. They have those four guards technically right now, right? You have Fox, Halliburton, Heald, and Mitchell. Mm-hmm. From what you guys have been saying, it seems like you both would. Pref- it seems like Dom wants Heald out. Are you on the same way with Heald? You do not want Heald, and you want those other three. I think Heald is fine off the bench. Um, We've been using him kind of off the bench, kind of as a six-man this year so far. Um, I still think he gets too much playing time, especially in the clutch. I think he fucks up all the time in the clutch. But, I mean, really, that's just kind of the Kings in general. De'Aaron Fox embodies it, too. There's There's two Kings teams. There's a really good Kings team that plays for three quarters and then something else happens in the fourth, some sort of evil monster takes over them and it's, it's not the same team anymore. I don't. And it's, it's always been that way too. It, I feel like it doesn't even matter like who the players are. That's just how the Kings are for some reason. You're um, a broken man. <laughs> the mo- this, this I mean, fourth I mean, quarter monster has really got to Tim him. and I went to the game. If, if the they Jazz stop fight. shitting the bed in the fourth, they are going to make the playoffs like pretty easily this year. I think. Agreed. Tim but it's, I... it seems like such a fucking hill for them to get over just to stop shitting the bed in the fourth. Mm-hmm. Dom, you guys saw a um, game, right? Yeah, we went to the home opener on, uh, what was it, Friday, and the Kings were up like the whole game and then probably at about with four minutes left in the fourth quarter, the Jazz – just executed better. The Kings, like Buddy Heal, I think it was like a four-point game. It was like 111 to 107 or something like that. And uh, the Jazz missed, and Buddy Heal got the rebound with like a minute and 10 seconds left. And he threw the ball like 40 feet. The Jazz stole it, and then it resulted in an and one alley-oop to Rudy Gobert. And the game was basically over. So it's like kind of exactly what Tim was saying. He fucks up in the clutch, and the Kings suck in the fourth quarter. Yeah, Kang's going to Kang. Alex, let's go to uh, another California team that you and I can discuss really quick here. Uh, Am I going to say it? I think I'm going to say it. Alex, are the Warriors back? Are they back? (laughs) Are we back, maybe? It has to be said. I mean, I I think that a lot of folks probably feel this way, even if they don't watch as much Warriors basketball. It doesn't Uh, have to be said. As, as we do, is that it feels very reminiscent of 2013, 14, 15, mm-hmm. which is that we will do our absolute best to start with defense, let Curry do what he needs to do. But defensively, we're so much better than we've been in the last mm-hmm. two years because in the last two years, three years, we could outscore anybody on any given night. So it didn't really matter. This year's a little bit different, obviously. Um, you know, I have... We'll talk about Clay, I'm sure, a little bit mm-hmm. later here as well. But uh, I think it's, it's super exciting to have Clay back. But 
Uh, I just think the Warriors team has, we have such a better identity um, and we have guys that can play. Like, yeah, it fits this team's identity, you know? Yeah, there used to be such a drop off, you know, deep, deep on that bench, hitting, hitting the eight, nine, 10. Um, mm-hmm. And Juan Toscano can play. Yeah. Like, Otto cool. Porter can play. So, and you, re- you replace guys like Ubre and Bazemore, who, I mean, I was going to say no offense to them, but full offense to them. They sucked. They were not mm-hmm. good in the Warriors offense, and it wasn't Warriors basketball. And so when you bring in these guys who can really move the ball, like Bielitsa has been good. I mean, Dom, I saw your tweet about how he sucked on the Kings, and now he comes to the Warriors and looks like Larry Bird. That must suck. <laughs> but um, Otto Porter's been a good fit. Alex, they have these smart basketball players. And so it really all depends on, and we'll get to this, Clay. and uh, Dom, are the Warriors not smart? Well, is is Otto Porter a smart basketball player? That's what I. That's think fair. That's fair. That's fair. But at least I'm saying move the ball less. I'm going to be Kent Bazemore and I can't pass. Um, Otto Porter, and I know he's a guy who has been a disappointment in his whole career. He has these flashes though, like he had a flash in the third quarter today, Alex, where I was like, oh shit, is Otto Porter gonna like win the MVP? Obviously not, but yeah. Every time moves. I think that though, I, I immediately retract all of all my Otto Porter thoughts. But I think the 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 great thing about the Warriors in this sense and when it comes to Otto Porter and it also comes to Andrew Wiggins is that they're institutionally so good. Right. Like you take Otto Porter, you put him in Washington, right? Who yeah. who who, do, who is the leader there? I, I, Beal, Beal, I suppose. I yeah. But but that's not a style of basketball that's going to be sustainable. There's no institutional greatness. Whereas you come to the Warriors, and we saw it with Andrew Wiggins, and we'll see it again with Otto Porter. They're institutionally so good. Steph is so good. And you have to fit the system where you leave, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's well, good to finally have that pressure back on those players playing for it. Josh? What I, what I like about what the Warriors did in the offseason is they kind of – not that they're – quite like Sean Livingston and Prime Iguodala, but they they got guys that can play in like these kind of minor key roles, I feel like, where, you know, Bielitsa, Bielitsa, Juan Descano-Anderson, fucking even Otto Porter. They're guys that can at least play, and you don't have to really limit them, at least regular Mm season-wise, maybe come playoffs, but they're good regular season performers, and they'll continue playing decently enough that they're better running mates than Ubre and whoever oh, the yeah. fuck you had last year for sure mm-hmm. um all right so those are all our teams gentlemen we're gonna kind of cr- we're gonna that was a good segue into takeaways from week one um i want to ask you guys about two teams um about, for my takeaways and then we'll go about if anyone else has any others um are we worried about the blazers is it panic time uh let's go like 15 to 25 second responses like a little uh round robin here dom we'll start with you then we'll go to alex josh then tim are you panicking on the Blazers? No, it's it's three games. They have a new coach. I think if they're like six and fourteen, you panic. But um, it's just like one week into the NBA season. I don't want to like overreact to any team really. So uh, I wouldn't panic. Um, probably just learn a new system, offensive and defensively, when you have a new coach. So you have veteran player. So they'll figure it out. Alex. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Dame is too good to worry yet. You know, I, I think Dom said it well. Like, give let's 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 sound the alarms after twenty five games. But um, uh, yeah, I, I have faith in Dame to to pull him out. Okay, Josh, I'm I'm a little like halfway, not not completely there, but I just feel like Dame's looked a little distracted the first three games or so. He hasn't been good at all. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he'll probably figure it out. It's Damian Lillard, but like I'm just. I'm worried that he might not be the kind of guy that can play through 
all these trade rumors and stuff like that. I mean, he rescinded mm-hmm. his trade request basically almost immediately. Um, so it, not that it was ever official, but I, it just it, it's worrisome. It's worrisome. I, I, I mean, like the vibe to to back that up. If there was no Damian Lillard trade buzz this last summer, <clears throat> I would not have asked this question. Yeah, if they I started zero and five. So Tim, finish us off here. Uh, I I don't think it's time to panic for them yet. I think game one, uh, Davion off night Mitchell got to Dame, and uh, <laughs> maybe that bug is still biting him. But uh, I mean, if the Kings are going to make the playoffs, it might be the Blazers that they push out. So they're you know that is the West is stacked. There's a lot yeah. of good teams. Um, now uh, going to the East really quick. Actually, let's stay in the West, gentlemen. Um, Alex, what are your thoughts on the New Orleans Pelicans and this whole Zion situation? Because, boys, this is like the off-season surgery we haven't heard about. He's already basically like his camp doesn't want to be there in New Orleans. Is this just a repeat of Anthony Davis but almost worse, Alex? Yeah, I was going to reference Anthony Davis as well, except this feels worse. I think that um, – and, and I think this is going to be a trend that we're going to see – uh, a lot more over the next decade of basketball is you have an elite player coming out of college, future state, high school, G League, uh, international. They get drafted really, really high up. And and not to say that um, Zion is healthy and deciding not to play. I'm sure he's going through, um, you know, some level yeah. of figuring out his body. But these guys, the, the the careers are going to be so long, right? Like, I don't, I don't think LeBron is going to be some uh, anomaly here. Like, I think we're going to keep pushing that twenty year range. And for a guy like Zion, Zion, he probably feels, hey, I, I'm on this rookie contract. I don't have to rush anything. I can do whatever I prefer to do. And at the end of the next three years or whatever, I can then go wherever I want and sign a max mm-hmm. contract, regardless of almost what my body is going to be doing at that time. Mm-hmm. So. I, I just don't think this is something that um, is going to go away anytime soon. Um, and again, I don't think the Pelicans are the type of organization to keep Zion under these circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, Dom, are you worried about uh, Zion's long-term injury health? Like, could that be like, is that a factor you consider when his, I mean, obviously it's a factor you can, you consider when you look at his like outlook for his career, but is there a chance of Zion almost like, never really being able to reach his potential with injuries. I kind of feel that way. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think that's the case with like any player, but when you have a guy that's pretty big, like I think there was a report that he was over 300 pounds this off season. Um, so when you have a guy that fluctuates weight and then he's also in like New Orleans where, you know, that's not like the healthiest place in the world to eat a bunch of food. Um, I think that can kind of coincide with some injuries. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely a factor. Um, I don't really have much more else to say, but, yeah, I think mm-hmm. – uh, I, I mean, I, I don't think he would, like, leave after his rookie contract because I think they, the team that drafts you can offer, like, 30 more percent, and are you really going to turn down that money? He could pull, like, a Ben Simmons and play a year and then, you know – That's what I think. Try to, um, like, get out of there. But also, I don't know if it's, like, worse than Anthony Davis because I feel like it's kind of the same situation, but with, like – like worse owners like the nba had anthony davis or the had the pelicans when they drafted him so and he wore like a that's all folk shirt shirt to the yeah, lock that was bad that was bad um and before we move into our top five most interesting players guys let's uh does anyone have any takeaways from week one that we haven't touched on yet 
the East is super interesting now. What do you think about like, the Bulls, Tim? Yeah, the Bulls look cool. Um, the Shark, the Hornets look good. Uh, the Knicks are good. Like, I think the East is actually like really cool now. Yeah, I mean, well, let me read you the eight teams that are in the playoffs right now: Bulls, Knicks. I mean, again, four games away, but Bulls, Knicks, Hornets, Bucks, Heat, Wizards, Hawks, Nets, and those are all exciting teams, I'd say, besides the Wizards in that group. And you have the the Celtics and Sixers aren't in right now. Um, so I think the East will be very competitive this year. Good call, Tim. Let's now move to our top five most interesting players. Um, and Josh, let's start with you. Um, we're going to basically cover this NBA, like our preview for this NBA season by taking a look at the most important players in the league. <laughs> so Josh, uh, who is the first player you want to bring up today? Uh, I'm looking at Tyrese Maxey a lot. I think it's a pretty obvious name, but to see how he can really orchestrate this offense with Ben Simmons obviously out, see what a traditional, more traditional point guard looks like. He's still more of a, I feel like he's more of an off guard than anything, but Mm -hmm. a real ball dominant player in his second year, see if he can make a big enough jump to be anything competitive or anything like that. I'm a little pessimistic, I guess, about Tyrese Maxey long term, but I mean, they think he's going to be a star one day is what it sounded like between a lot of pressure on him. Thanks. There is for a second year player is a little scary and I don't think it hinges upon him. The Sixers going far or anything like that, but obviously it's a it's a complete bonus. And obviously you win all your leverage back with Ben Simmons without Ben Simmons rather. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think yeah, I think Philadelphia is going to be interesting to watch this year. I have a player that relates to that somewhat, but a little bit later. Uh, Tim, give me a, a player you're watching this year in particular. Zach Levine. Um, he was already fun to watch. Now he has a good supporting cast. Um, oh my. I think they're going to be high up in the East, and it, he's going to be fun to watch all year. Tim, this is so the Bulls are 4-0. Shout out to the Bulls. Uh-huh. Guys, this is the first time Zach Levine's won four games in a row in his career. That's wild, actually. Poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Minnesota to Chicago, guys. That's, yeah. that's tough. Um, so, Tim, just to recap on that, um, Let's do this by a simple yes, no to everyone. Do we believe in the Bulls to make the playoffs? I'm a yes. Yeah. Everyone? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I was still a little skeptical. More mm-hmm. than that. Okay. Before. We'll so get the- to that. Um, okay, now, Dom, give me a player. Uh, Kyle Lowry. I think Kyle Lowry is the key to the Heat winning the NBA title. Um, when you have him, Bam, and uh, Jimmy Butler as the head of the snake, um, all those, all three of those guys have been in the finals. One, um, winning it with the Raptors. Uh, I think they've been a little underrated throughout the offseason. People are talking about the Nets and the um, Bucks a lot, and the Sixers with Ben Simmons, but no one's really talking about the Heat. Um, so, I think Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler are going to play really well on the court, and uh, they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Kyle, Kyle Lowry, uh, a little different situation, obviously, with when Chris Paul went to Phoenix. They're a little younger. But vibes of that, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. an accomplished point guard yeah. going I mean, to contender. Like they had, I think, Goran Dragic running the point last season. And he, I mean, he's kind of at the end of his career. And Kyle Lowry, mm-hmm. he's also at the end, but he's, I think, like three or four years younger. Um, and mm-hmm. he's still at the end of his prime. So that's who I'm looking at. Awesome. Uh, Alex, throw a name at me. Uh, my number one on this list was John Morant. I, um, I think that the West, in the way that both Los Angeles teams are going to be shaky this year. I, I don't think that Anthony Davis is healthy enough to sustain that team. 
Uh, I don't think there's enough players on the Clippers to to push shaky them to, the, to to the top to to the top of the league. Um, and I just think that John Moran is is right in that moment where he's going to take the leap. And I think it's going to be really cool to see him. He's averaging 32 a game, almost 50, 40, 90. Um, he's a dog. I, I just I, – watching that game against them, and like he has no fear going into Los Angeles, right, and playing the Lakers, even if they don't get the win, right? But uh, I think they're in a really good position to come out at a, in a, at a nice seed in the playoffs and, uh, and make a little run depending on who they get matched up with uh, initially. So um, I'm super excited to see him play. Do you think they'll yeah. make – Oh, sorry, Brian. Do you think no, he'll make it the first round, Alex? Um, I think it depends. You know, like uh, depends on that matchup, right? Okay. Um, if Aaron Jackson, just the way you were talking, it made it seem like that. That's why I was curious. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if I had to put money on it. It again, but I mean, it's it's uh it's it's a matchup thing, right? So if they play, yeah. uh-huh. um, well, if if they have to go into into a Staples, maybe not, but. Um, if they get caught up in a Blazer series, if they get caught up in a, I mean, who knows where the Warriors are at that point as well. But mm-hmm. um, I, I just wouldn't be surprised if they could get out of the first, depending on what that matchup looks like. Well, let me throw this at you, Alex. If we, I agree that we could are at the precipice maybe of John Morant taking a leap. And let's say for the purpose of this, Jaron Jackson has a good year as well. And you get a Jazz Grizzlies matchup with uh, John Morant that's taken the leap. I mean, he could go so to, to with Donovan Mitchell and that Jazz team. I don't think that's out of the question with how bad Rudy Gobert is in the playoffs. Now the Jazz can't figure that out. Dom disagrees, but we'll talk a little more Jazz later. Um, my most interesting player for this season is Michael Porter Jr. Because if Michael Porter Jr. takes not a full leap, but a semi-leap, continues to get better, the Denver Nuggets will win it all. That is assuming the job that uh fucking Jamal Murray is going to come back but I think this Denver Nuggets team is incredibly dangerous and if Porter Jr takes the jump I think he's going to and Jamal Murray Spurs, comes back to that the Spurs Denver's by far the best the team in the west you talking about talking like 2013 Spurs Tim yeah I think it was 14 yeah, yeah well yeah they made back to back I mean oh, right you're right Michael Porter Jr. was the number one player in high school, and he had the weird shit with the back injuries go on that why he fell to 14. So this good. dude's an animal. Yeah. And Jokic, we all know, former MVP. I think this Denver Nuggets team, if we see Michael Porter Jr. keep it up, keep getting better, this is a finals contender and a Western Conference favorite. Uh, Josh, who you got next for us? Um, I'm going to go with DeAndre Aiden here. I I'm worried about his whole contract situation. The Robert Sarver shit is is terrifying as well. I I just don't really know what they're doing by not paying him. I understand not really not wanting to pay him, but like he was incredible in the playoffs last year. And you I took him over Luca. <laughs> you gotta pay him. You Sorry. do. No, Donovan you're you're exactly right though. And and I think Mark like Bradley. it just seems weird to me that. Chris Paul, I think I remember after a couple Clippers games in the playoffs last year, was talking about how we need to give DeAndre Aiden the bag and all this stuff. And, like, he's one of your biggest advocates, unless that was all bullshit. Chris Paul could do that, potentially. It's just weird. It's a weird vibe for a team that just made its first finals and is looking for a potential dynasty run, um, just a potential of it. It's just Mm -hmm. weird that they're not 
going to secure everyone already instead. It's just, it's bizarre. DeAndre Ayton was incredible last year in the playoffs. And maybe you have to wait and see on him in the regular season to make sure that's the kind of guy you're going to lock up long term. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. Yeah. Alex, what's your take on this Suns team this year and your expectations for it? So I, I'm really curious about this DeAndre Ayton thing. And here's, here's my pitch on it. I think that he was really good in the playoffs. Um, he was also so disappointing, I thought, like throughout a majority of the year. Like he felt like he couldn't thoroughly run what is standard NBA pick and roll basketball. Um, he got lit up I, by Paul. Yeah, he would get sure. lit up. And, and I think that as much as I really, really hate Chris Paul thoroughly, Chris Paul, <laughs> Chris Paul makes big men look really good. And I think when push comes to shove in the playoffs, Devin Booker was playing so well. Chris Paul was playing so well. There's so much gravitational pull there. DeAndre Aiden somehow remembered how to catch the basketball over the course of those last couple of games. Um, great hands, actually. Yeah, he had great hands out of nowhere. Like, yeah, like yeah. The, the rest <laughs> of the season, it was For so sure. confusing. I was like, catch For the sure. damn ball. So, so I guess I, from, from a Phoenix Suns organization, I, I wonder if they're thinking, hey, you know, was that just this – a three-week span of great basketball or can he sustain that and be this long-term player or is it when you know Chris Paul eventually leaves Phoenix you know that kind of DeAndre Ayton's prowess goes goes with Paul right so interesting Uh, yeah I I think it's a, a situation to monitor I mean it's just it's tough when you re-sign Mikhail Bridges and you give this big comment to uh contract to sham it to be like, yes. yeah, DeAndre Ayton, we're good. But I mean, I I see your point, Alex, of with maybe this was a flash in the pan. I don't want to give him $150 million. We'll see. Um, but yeah, Tim, who do you have for a next player for us to, to um Harrison Barnes? Uh, who Harry B. He is hitting his peak right now, I think. Uh I think he's about to have his best season. He's 29. I mean, you know, it, he's taking on a huge leadership role on the Feels Kings like and five. <laughs> And Just yeah, I think this is really so going to be his season. What? What? So you you think you expect him to take a leadership role in this Kings well, team? And he already be a has closer. A closer yes, is that absolutely. what you're looking for? He's, he's the so most saying, calm under pressure in the clutch. What do you have to say about Tom? <laughs> well, I think I think De'Aaron has to take those shots. He's he's our max player, but I, I agree with like the take that Harrison is like probably right now the best person in place to do it but i think if the kings are going to do anything De'Aaron needs to be taking those shots like he's going to feel like De'Aaron is is just cracking under the pressure still and we need isn't to take De'Aaron shooting off. shooting 15 percent from the three right now yeah not great he's too big <laughs> if you could keep halliburton or fox who would you keep Definitely. tim and dom fox okay not even halliburton. i think i would take halliburton <laughs> <laughs> the deer and fox oh wow that could get interesting if the king so um dom give us a player uh pascal siakam Ooh. um he's coming off an injury um so i think he'll be back in a couple weeks or a month um don't quote me on that but um also i'm just looking at this from a king's perspective they were linked to him in the offseason <laughs> so if the raptors get off to a bad start maybe there could be like a Bagley slash heel trade for Pascal. Um, get rid of some assets since the Raptors aren't going to be good. They're probably building around uh, Van Vliet, uh, OG and Obi. Oh, sorry, and Obi and Scotty Barnes anyway. 
So they kind of already have like the like bigger bodies in place in OG and um, Scotty Barnes. So I think Pascal is um, interesting, especially since him and Nick Nurse didn't really see eye to eye last season. And with like Kyle Lowry out of there, I think it could be the start of a new regime for the Raptors. So um, or maybe they even move him like to uh, the Sixers for Ben Simmons or something like that. Yeah, I think uh, Pascal Siakam is a player who I see on the trade block this year. Yeah, I mean, like in, at least in the top five, Josh. Uh, what do you think Siakam's value is? That's so hard because he had one of his worst seasons last year, and you might be yeah, able to what, chalk it up. What version of him Tampa. are we going to get? Yeah, I, the Raptors were just such a weird team last year that I just kind of, I am i don't know, I'm just going to throw it out completely. Okay. You're just going to rebuild from there, I guess. I'm not a huge fan of Pascal, but so I wouldn't give like up anything major. But if you're the Kings, I guess, right, I would – easily give you have to give up somebody because you you have too many good players as it is um so i i, I, don't think I like him on his team things, by the way you have too many good players as it is <laughs> too many good guards is what he should yeah say. Too, too many yeah i just you gotta you gotta pick and choose and and build around somebody and and maybe your bigs are you need someone better as good as pascal siakam there but i don't know i like him as like a you know a, a good stretch four but like i think you still need like a rim protecting big around him i don't love him though but i wouldn't mm-hmm. give up i wouldn't give up like multiple first round picks maybe give yeah. up one okay alex give me a name all right so my number two on list was also michael porter jr for the same reasons uh that you discussed uh so we'll go to the third here uh which is miles bridges mm-hmm. i I think I that the Hornets are are really a cool team. I think LaMelo is legit. Um, but I think that Miles Bridges might be the guy that's going to be the number one, right? He's putting up like 25 and 8 or 25 and 9 right now. Um, I, I just wouldn't be surprised if, if he can stay – he sustains that considering he's like one of the most athletic guys in the entire NBA. And, again, I, th- I think, right, we're going to see this this – if you are incredibly athletic, right, it's like the same thing we're going to hopefully see with Giannis over the next couple of years, right, is you establish yourself really well in the NBA through athleticism and develop that skill set over the course of the years. And I think that, you know, Miles Bridges has been in the league for five, six years now. Uh, I think he's ready for that leap. And I think the Hornets are going to, you know, go with him. So he's he's my guy. Yeah, I, I like the. I like Miles Bridges. Did you so he got posterized last night and he usually does the posterizing. But did you see his quote about it? I loved it. He was basically like, I am in overtime down two. I'm going to jump at that every single time. I don't care. And that's why I like Miles Bridges. I also think what a fucking draft pick by the Hornets getting him that late a few years ago. Just the athlete he is. What and pick was I don't I think he was like 11 or 12. A, a 12. Yeah. It was right after Mikel, I think. It was what yeah, I remember. The Sixers also Bridges, fucked Bridges. that up. The Clippers had double picks right there, and they yeah, didn't Jerome. get anybody good. Jerome, Jerome and... Uh, oh, they got SGA, and they oh, got rid of him. Mikel, yeah. And, yeah, they traded yeah. Mikel, I think, too. Um, they traded Miles, actually. They had Miles. They had, with was that SGA? Draft. I thought it was SGA was involved in that, or is that a different year? I, I can't remember. I They might have swapped Jerome for Miles Bridges, I think. I'm all over the place. Yeah, it was um, a weird draft. My next player for top five most interesting, I'm going to kind of piggyback off what Dom was talking about <laughs> earlier with the Miami Heat. I think that they are uh, a little underrated going into the season, especially with the shaky start that the Nets have gone off to and all the shit they have going on. Um, but I, I am kind of banking on Kyle Lowry. So 
I will. Dom did the speaking for that. I'm going to talk about Tyler Hero. If we can get somewhere close to bubble Tyler Hero, I think he's come out of the gates hot this year. If you can be that sixth man off the bench who can get you points, who can be electric like Tyler Hero has shown us in spurts that he can be, if they have him coming off the bench shooting flamethrowers, that takes them from a team that can compete into the in the East, yeah, to a team that could compete in the NBA Finals with the shooting output of Tyler Hero because we didn't really have that last year. And um, I think that he's a key piece in them going forward. Josh, uh, give us another player here. I got John Wall here. Um, it's a weird player, very <laughs> weird player. Uh, I, I don't think John Wall is very good for the record, and I don't think he's going to be much help. But I think it's really interesting to see where he ends up is rather where I think is the most interesting part of it, where what team is going to want him and who wants to take on. And it's the Clippers is the most likely because <laughs> they can they can easily, I hope to God they can upgrade from Bledsoe to uh, to fucking John Wall. It's it's the, the slightest. So you do that. Thing. You want Wall. I, I would. I, I do like Wall a lot. Dumb. Who would they trade for that? Um, I, the contracts work actually quite well. It's Ibaka, Marcus Morris, which I don't know. Marcus Morris or uh, Kennard, you pick between the two, I guess. And then Bledsoe. Kennard, get rid of and the contract. Yeah, I, I like Kennard better anyways. So I don't, I'm not a huge Marcus Morris guy. He just had a career year last season. But yeah, I think like those contracts so work. Yeah, I, I think I would. I just wouldn't do it yet because I think it it's not going to really help you in the season. But um, I feel like you got nothing out of Ibaka anyways, and it, it might as well just – they're the only team I feel like that can actually make the money work, the Clippers. So Interesting. I did the trade machine like a month ago on that, so it was, it go. was a good like good, uh, good trade, hopefully. Um, hey, Tim, uh, who's, your, uh, who's your next uh, player? We already went over John Morant, right? I think Alex brought We did. Yep. Um, let's go ahead and talk about Davion Mitchell. Um, King's roster pulled up. You guys are taking all my guys that aren't on the Kings thing. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he's already our best defender, I think, and um, he's starting to look decent on offense. Um, I think he should definitely be a starter. We've been kind of going back and forth on him starting, but uh. I think he's at least going to be a fun player to watch this whole year. Who just What's got up? injured in the Nuggets game? There was someone got like just pulled off the court. I'm going to go onto Twitter um, and check that out. Uh, Dom, in the meantime, can you give us a give us a player here? Um, I'm going to go Cam Reddish. I think he's pretty interesting because I don't know if they're going to offer him. A second contract so I don't know if you try to flip him and get like some picks for that because they have a lot of good wings and like players kind of in his position to where he's kind of like the eighth man and I don't know if he's gonna settle for that so I think that's kind of interesting player for a team that just made the Eastern Conference Finals so Brian what's that face for? Nikola Jokic limped off the floor. Oh really? I am not I don't. Uh, sorry for interrupting. I just don't know. I don't know the severity of it. But goddamn, as a basketball fan, fuck, please not Nikola Jokic. Please not him. Um, uh, Dom, do you have any closing thoughts on that? Oh, sorry. Uh, no. Um, yeah, I just think Cam Reddish is interesting for the Hawks. They kind of have a 
big decision to make to go with him or Hunter, and it seems like they're going to go with Hunter. Plus, Dude, the yeah. Hawks have the deepest roster. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've like Bogdanovich, Collins. <laughs> it's insane. Uh, Reddish, Hunter, like Hunter, like no way Cam Reddish gets minutes in like crunch time. So, I think he's kind of the odd man out there. So, like, uh, I think mm-hmm. he's well with like the Grizzlies because they already have a young core. Yeah, that would be interesting. Uh, Alex, throw throw something at me. Yeah, so I think the next player everyone's going to kind of wince at, but I bought stock in him, and I'm never going to give it up. And he made a little bit of a stride last year, um, and I think it's going to continue. And that's R.J. Barrett. I I genuinely think that R.J. Barrett – when I think about R.J. Barrett and if, you know, I could see into the future, I think that his game is going to progress very similar to that of Jimmy Butler where it starts off – yes, Dom? Uh, Nikola Jokic is questionable to return. He has a right knee contusion. Just wanted to give people an update. Jesus, that sucks. So, so it's Alex, not- continue. No, it's, uh, at least that wasn't the three letters that I don't want to hear ever again. But um, I think that R.J. Barrett's career is going to look a lot like that of Jimmy Butler, where it's going to start off defensive, right? I think that he has a lot of the same energy. Um, and – I think as his game progresses offensively, uh, it's going to be really interesting to watch. And I think like with New York being better and with it not being a place necessarily that mm-hmm. you go to lose um, and, and with Julius Randle being there, with Julius Randle being there for the next foreseeable future, um, I'm really excited to see see his growth. And and I think it's particularly intriguing because if, it, if, he, if we don't see another jump up in his third year, then we probably, again, like everybody has thought before, it gets a little bit scarier. But right now, um, I'm super excited to to see where that goes. Yeah, I'm buying stock. I'm definitely buying stock in him. Because think about it. R.J. Barrett, he went to Duke and was drafted by the Knicks and has been good, and there's no hype about him. How weird is that? Think about that. The usual, like, if Kyrie went to the Knicks, how much hype that would have been if he got drafted. R.J. Barrett, I think, has been – I think that was – a is he's one of the most underrated players in the NBA because when you think about RJ Barrett, you think about uh, Zion Williamson and John Morant before, and RJ Barrett has been quietly. I mean, he's the only one that one of them that's won a playoff series. I know he's in the East, but he's yeah, it feels reminiscent. Guy. It feels very reminiscent of like a, a really good collegiate quarterback going to a shitty team. You're stuck in like you're stuck in Jacksonville, right? You're not winning mm-hmm. any games. No one really cares. Uh, but over the course of time, you know, you'll emerge, you know, once you have other players that can pull defensive schemes, um, mm-hmm. you have more time, right? Yeah. Dom, what are you going to say? I was going to say, I don't think they've won a playoff series. The Knicks, oh my God, they lost to the Hawks. Yeah. Good call. My bad. My bad. I guess uh, the Grizzlies were in the play-in. I guess that's what I was thinking about. And they beat the Warriors, so good for me. Uh, my next player of my most interesting is Colin Sexton. I think Colin Sexton is a fascinating player for this reason. I think that the Cleveland Cavaliers have settled on Darius Garland and uh, Evan Mobley as their core. Those are their two guys they want. Meanwhile, Colin Sexton's sitting there, who is the dude who works his ass off and averaged 20, close to 25 points a game last year. That is the Ben Simmons trade. That is the move. Go get Colin Sexton and pair him with Joel Embiid. It, I... I understand it could be a little boomer bust with Sexton. Obviously, it's not a straight up Sexton for Simmons. I like what I I like the potential of Colin Sexton in Philadelphia. I think he's a big game player. I think he's a dog. I think he fit perfectly with Joel in Philadelphia. 
Um, am I crazy? Dom says yes. Yeah, I don't see Alex second says that as yes. well. Yeah, I, I don't know why. Tim's they being nice. I'm okay. I'm not just saying. I'm, I'm, I think Colin Sexton would be a good <laughs> fit in Philadelphia. You guys don't agree? He doesn't pass the ball. Yeah. Not... Somebody needs to close in Philadelphia. Shit. All Pat Ben Simmons does is pass the ball. Yeah. Not to say that Ben Simmons is a is a ben good ben locker Simmons. room presence, but I don't think Colin Sexton is a good locker room presence. It seems like every other day I see some notification that someone on his team hates him or he says something yeah, dumb. Exactly. So that's like the last thing the 76ers need is another guy that's not going to be great in the locker room. I root for chaos. <laughs> but also, I also, I also think Simmons. Well, true. But I also, I think etched into my mind about Colin Sexton was that college basketball game where his team had like, was it four players three or three? Yeah, three, three on three five, five, where he just was like, I am God. Watch yeah. me. I'm going to keep us in this game. Um, but yeah, agree to disagree. I think Colin Sexton is an interesting fit. If you put him in a winning situation, maybe he's a little un- less, a un- little less selfish. I don't know. Uh, Josh. Let's go. Yeah. Um, just real on the Sexton thing, just real quick. Maybe he's Zach Levine like five years ago, where I didn't see Zach Levine turning into this kind of guy that he is right now either. Mm-hmm. Just, I thought he was going to be like a loser on a, you know, good stats, bad team kind of guy. But I don't know. I just feel like Sexton's at a couple years away for being like an effective playoff guy at the very least. Fair, fair. Um, I have um, Luca with Jason Kidd. Um, that mm. is one of my top five because I don't think Jason Kidd's a very good coach. And oh, no, I don't he think is I'm, not. <laughs> I don't think I'm out of pocket there. I, I, no. I, we should hold the Bucks thing against him way more than I feel like we do because the fact Budenholzer took like the same exact roster and took them to like the top seed like and 65 like, wins or some shit. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Why would you have, you have Giannis playing point guard, which he can kind of do. But I I just don't get it, and I and I'm worried about the relationship because I I Rick Carlisle is a great head coach. He's he's maybe one of the top ten head coaches of all time. Maybe you could probably make the argument. He's he's up there. He's a he's a great he's a great head argument. coach. He's taken yeah. some dog shit teams to the playoffs. Um, and not Luka since get along the, the Mavs haven't won a playoff. Yeah, won a playoff since, since. They yeah, won it's true. for like five years there. I know, Wait. but my my with Luke uh, and Jason Kidd though. I um I wanted to quickly talk about this is before this season, if you asked me who was going to win MVP, I would have said Luka Doncic. Yeah. The Mavs look a little weird. Yeah. And I, they're, I, they're just I, also not a good, <clears throat> well put together team. I think they're, right? they're going to take a step back yeah, this I, year. It seems. I, really and I love worse. Luka. And, and that's what that's you're, you're, you're squandering Luka's contract, which I've been hampering on since year one of Luca is you you're not making any benefit out of this Luca rookie deal and KP's a disaster. You're gonna have to trade him for something. I hope I, I Ben Simmons is the best trade there, honestly, to to fucking to Dallas. I just don't Maybe, think if you're 76 you're gonna take KP. I don't think so either, but it's the best I, I don't know. I don't like yeah. Sexton either. But you need to build Luca like you do LeBron. You need shooters. Ben Simmons on a shooter. That's yeah. true. No, you're you're absolutely right. I I was more thinking defensive because KP is not really giving you that either right now. Um, but it's the it's idea just, of Kristaps mm-hmm. with Luca. Like when we thought Kristaps was going to be good, it should have been perfect. Yeah, I agree. And and that it just worries me. And I wonder how long we're going to have before 
this turns into an Anthony Davis type situation here too. On top of that, maybe with Luca already kind of brewing, and that's what worries me. That's yeah. I, I don't think enough people are actually talking about that. All you hear about is Ion being unhealthy or unhappy. I really think Luca because he kind of has that like. I, mean, I love Luca, but he kind of has that personality. I think he's of like, a dick. Fuck you! Like, I'm, yeah, like he wants to win. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I'm sure Marvin Bagley's a lot nicer of a person. So that's why you guys drafted him, right, Tim? Um, Tim, what's your next guy? Um, almost all my players have been taken. Um, yeah, I was gonna we'll say, just name we'll the next Kings guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I had Clay Thompson next. Um, just because it's already it's fun key. watching him, just pissed off on the bench. I think he's going so full angry. Alec Baldwin when he comes back. Let's hope not. Jesus. Let's <laughs> <laughs> hope not. Um, it's going to be great to watch. Clay Thompson is the X factor of this NBA season. Would you guys agree? Can I, Dom actually, doesn't. I know Alex does. Tim does. Dom or uh, Josh, you go, and then we'll hear Dom piss on my parade. Well, I'm just going to say, I, I texted you this last week after the opener. I, I don't think it matters if Klay Thompson is bad. I, he can still knock down shots. The, the Warriors were getting so open you against mean the athletically? Lakers. athletically? Like, yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, it just, it doesn't matter if he's, it if he's not if that good. It does if you want to win it all. If you want to beat Milwaukee if you're a title or Denver team. or Brooklyn, he, you need Clay at Clay. The worst case scenario, he'll be a Cal Corver. Like God, and that's and that, not, that's, that's bullshit that we're even mentioning Kyle Corver's name next yeah. to Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson I know, is a fucking I know. god. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But like that's the worst case scenario, and that's still a very effective basketball mm-hmm. player for a title team on top of that. I don't know if it's gonna happen, but that's the worst case scenario, and I, I think that's fine. Yeah, Dom, that. help me feel worse. Uh no, I, I just think Kyrie's <laughs> more of an X factor than Clay. Okay, that's a good point. And good. they're like that's the fair. favorites. But also like if the if he's Kyle Corver like what makes Clay so special is he's such a good two-way player. Like yeah. you need, yeah. Like you need him to lock down Chris Middleton or um, James Harden or like Russell or Dame like, Lillard. Yeah, or like Devin Booker. Um, mm-hmm. You need him on the defensive end, like much more I think than you need him on the offensive end because like Wiggins can go off, Steph can obviously go off. You know, Poole has been a much better player this year. I think you need his defense more. And I think in a weird way, it just goes to highlight again how important Andrew Wiggins is going to be, right? What 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 will what will what yeah, he allows the Warriors right. to do then right. is to is to have Andrew Wiggins play that role that uh, Clay did, right? So he'll guard the best player, uh, and then Clay gets to guard the second best player, third best player. You also have Iguodala, who is not a premier defensive player anymore, but is still a de- premier defensive scheme player, right? He's not going to be in the wrong position. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think having Andrew Wiggins is really key because even if Andrew Wiggins doesn't go off, uh, he's still going to be there defensively, which which will give at least Clay time to, I think, build up that athleticism, right? Because defensively, like he yeah, can shoot all he wants in him. practice, he can shoot all he wants, but to step onto an NBA court and practice defense, it takes, it will take months. It will take the rest of the year, right? Uh, you're yeah. not going to get that in practice, so. Uh, mm-hmm. Tim, you're right. Clay was my fifth. I'm I literally am frothing just thinking about that when i get that notification mm-hmm. that says clay thompson cleared i will probably start crying all right someone's doing something with the skype call here <laughs> but we'll just continue on with the podcast uh, so alex you've done all five tim you've done all five uh dom what else you got left um i have terrence ross Ooh. Uh, it's kind of an interesting pick but He's down there in Orlando. I think he's going to request a trade or could be a good trade piece because he's only making $12.5 million. 
if you're someone like the Jazz, um, I would go after Terrence Ross. Or if you're someone like uh, the Nets where you need some offense since Kyrie's out, I'd go after Terrence Ross. He's not too expensive. Um, I think it'd be an easier trade to make than obviously like a Ben Simmons or Pascal Siakam trade. I feel like a couple times a year, Terrence Ross goes off for like 30 to 35 points. Um, and he can win you a playoff game when he's on, especially if you're a title contender. Like, I think he'd be perfect on the Jazz. Um, if I was them, that's who I'd go after. So I think he is kind of a sneaky, under-the-radar player that doesn't get talked about enough in the NBA. Yeah, he's a buyout guy that's not gonna. That's not a buyout guy, but he's like a, a guy you add to your team trade deadline that'll help yeah. you make that push. I like, like that call. Martin, I think. Mm, yeah, that's fair. Um, I have one guy left. Um, my last guy is James Wiseman because you took him over LaMelo Ball and I was down for that but last year there's obviously going to be growing pains with James Wiseman because he literally didn't basically play college basketball he missed a lot of time last year he's young and bigs usually take longer to develop if we're going to assume that what we saw if we're going to i know we didn't earlier but let's say what we saw out of deandre Aiden is how he will be going forward it took a long time for us to see that so there's got to be an element of patience with the warriors with wiseman but at the same time what i think about is when wiseman went out last year guys he finally started to see that old Warriors flow of offense again. And so the big question for this Warriors team is, I don't think you're good enough to sit a talent like Wiseman on the bench. I think you're going to need your full roster to win the title. What can we get out of Wiseman? Can he adapt to this style of play? I don't know. And I mean, Alex, like you can chime in here. He is just, it's going to be very interesting to see how they use him and to what degree, I guess. Yeah. I felt like there were, there were such flashes. I think that he can handle the ball really well. He can shoot the three. Well, he can run a pick and pop or roll. Um, but I compare him almost to a guy that we've all probably been watching a lot, Evan Mobley. Right. And God, Jesus he's, Christ. he has a similar body type, but obviously plays at a much faster pace than Wiseman does. Um, so I, I think you're totally right. Like, I, I don't think anybody from an, a Warriors fan perspective, right? Like, I'd love to see James Wiseman. He's so good. It also would feel horrible if we traded him away and he becomes something great because he has the body and he has a skill and he's also like 20 years old, right? So um, mm-hmm. if we can find a way to keep him and keep pushing with these other guys, that'd be best case scenario. Um, I just I just can't see a foreseeable trade right now that's going to bring in a big man that's going to be as athletic Oh yeah, spread the floor like that. So it's kind of you're, we're kind of in a in a in a tough spot, right? Especially yeah. especially contractually with all the other guys that we pay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't want to trade him the when stock too. is low. Do yeah. not want to trade that dude when the stock is low. Um, th- those are my five. Josh, Tim, you're out. Alex is out. I'm out. Josh, do you have two more? Dom, you have one more. I have one more. Okay, so each Josh and Dom each have one more. I can't see Dom or Josh anymore because we're sitting on some <laughs> airplane in this new <laughs> Skype view. Go back I fucking did that. Go back Ridiculous. To- Grid view. Okay, Jesus, we're back. All right, Josh. Uh, <laughs> Josh, give me your last player, and then we'll go to Dom. Uh, I have I have CJ and Dame both on here because yeah. I, I think we kind of alluded to it earlier. This Blazer season can go astronomically bad. 
like very quickly if they start, you know, if they go, what, what did we say? It was like six and 14. Uh, yeah. Six and 14. Let's say, uh, and, and one or both of them is probably going to be gone is, is my guess. If this goes terribly at some point, cause I just think yep. CJ, somebody's going to want to bite on CJ at some point. And eventually maybe this leads to the whole Dame just scorched earth completely leaving Portland. Um, but I have a feeling the Dame trade won't happen until the offseason. I, I feel like Dame's not like a midseason guy unless it gets like James Harden out of hand, is my guess. But yeah, like, yeah, I'm with you on that. Yeah, it, it just doesn't really. I don't, and I don't see Dame doing the whole presser stuff that Harden did. The like the fake fat suit stuff. Like, I, it just that just does. That's not Dame. Yeah, um, well, Dame's not gonna want to make an enemy of his fans in Portland, exactly. so that's why he's gonna have to like do all this passive aggressive stuff behind yeah. the scenes if he really wants to go out that bad. Oh, I'll be so. I'll be going to a game very soon. Actually. We need the I'm info. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stare at Dame the entire time and just you should just go up to him and which... try and get a pineapple couch exclusive <laughs> after. <laughs> I'll do Dumb, Dumb, throw your throw the last player at me. Uh, Russell Westbrook. Oh baby, that goes right into my hot takes. Great segue. What do you got on him? I mean, I just think he's such a polarizing player, and him being on team with LeBron, I feel like they've wanted to play together uh, for a couple of years now. This is like his fourth team in four years. Uh, just be interesting to see if the spacing works between him, AD, and LeBron. Um, and I feel like it's kind of a make or break here. Like, if he can't win a title with LeBron and AD, I think a lot of people's opinions, uh, although I feel like I know a lot of people kind of already have made up their mind about Russ, but I feel like his, mm-hmm. like his place in NBA 3 will like become worse if we can't win with LeBron and AD, if that makes any sense. So that does, I, just, I think this is the most important year of his career by far. If he wins then he becomes, you know, totally validated and like the haters can, they won't really have anything to say about him. But if he like continues to lose with LeBron and AD, grants, <clears throat> if the Lakers don't meet expectations, I think he will be blamed. Oh, actually, yeah. And I, I see a meltdown. I, um, I will uh, admit that I'm one of those people that will blame him because we'll transition into our hot takes prediction segment. The Lakers will lose in round one of the playoffs if Russell Westbrook is on their team. I have that exact same thing written down. They need to trade him. I'd trade him straight up for Buddy fucking Heald. He makes your team worse in the playoffs. That is it. I I don't need to see Russ figure it out in two months, three months with the Lakers like he has done the last couple of years where he starts shitty. And then, oh, the team completely changes how they play to totally be around me and I start playing better. That's what's happened the last couple of years. And I just am I am I think it's actually baffling. He was put in the top 75. I know he's won a he gets the triple doubles, but Kyrie Irving's a hundred times better than Russell Westbrook. That's fucking ridiculous. Um, yeah, if the if Russell Westbrook's on the Lakers in round one, they are not going to advance. This is when the Lakers did that, I thought it was like God playing a joke on me. It's like I I wanted to thank them for trading for Russell Westbrook. And you can clip this and make fun of me if I'm wrong, but zero percent chance of the Lakers winning a title with Russell Westbrook on their team. That's a hot take. <laughs> Zero. Alex. Um, well, my first one was was that, so I totally agree with you. I think that teams. <laughs> I, I think that teams just don't fear LeBron anymore, and I, I have no faith in Anthony Davis's health, and I have no faith in Russell Westbrook to to lead that team from a true point guard perspective. 
Um, I think when they get to the first round of the playoffs, what they're matched up against a Phoenix, a Memphis, a Utah, a Denver, any one of those teams could beat the Lakers. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think, think that there's... LeBron could average 40 in a triple double and the Lakers could lose this. What none of yeah. this is really on me on LeBron as much as I dislike the guy. I'm worried about what's around him. I can't con- control the injury so stuff with LeBron getting older. I just think they're like, why the fuck would you pair Russell Westbrook <laughs> with LeBron James? Like, Le- like Dom, you were talking about what you would surround Luca with earlier. Shooters. I think Russell Westbrook like doesn't set screens. But he's like a one of a kind. Like they won tonight because he had 33, 10, and eight, and LeBron didn't play. Like he can win these stupid exactly. games where like LeBron can rest. LeBron and, like, didn't play. But in the think, playoffs, he'll play. Yeah, I think LeBron's gonna be like, all right, Brody, get the fuck out of here. Like <laughs> touch the ball under five he minutes. He traded Dwayne Wade. LeBron will do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean he I, I mean he doesn't give a fuck. Like he like he he was like being all happy when they, he drafted Shabazz Napier and fucking dipped on him. LeBron like has like a loyalty to very few select guys, and he traded away Dwayne Wade, which I thought he would never do. So yeah, um, I think I think that's why they traded Russ because LeBron doesn't give a shit about an October game in San Antonio. He cares about yep. you know game five against the Jazz in the second round. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that go. so that that leads me into my to my actual one. If I'm just gonna skip the mm-hmm. Lakers one, which is that. I think the Jazz are real, and I think the Jazz are due. Mm, well, they're, I massively disagree. They're, but... the best, they're the best defensive team in the NBA. If if Donovan Mitchell wasn't injured late last year, I think they would have made a better run. Um, I think this same unit has been playing with each other for the last four years. Um, and I... With with how the West is and everybody beating up on each other in the first couple of rounds, I think that if the Jazz have a nice couple of matchups, I'm not saying they're going to win the championship, but I would not put them past. I would not put it past them to be a number one seed in the West, nor to come out of the West either. Unless Ru- they come up. Is Rudy Gobert chance, playing yeah. crunch time? I think Rudy Gobert is playing crunch time. Yes, I okay. do. I do. I, I think that we I have a Warriors fan. Don't you want him? To be out there, yeah. Well, it all depends if they get if they get matched up against the Warriors, and it all goes out the door. But the point I'm trying to make <laughs> is that, like, I, 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 I think that we all shit on the Jazz all the time, but they're too good of a team to to not talk about and to not be mentioned as probably going to have one of the better records out of the West um, again. Longtime listener Stephen Facer, giant Jazz fan, will really appreciate that, Alex. So good job Shout there. Out. Thank you. Uh, uh josh give me a hot take we'll, so we'll get a, a hot take from josh tim and dom before we go into our predictions for the end of the season um i think the miami heat are the best team in the east is my hot take actually i just think that uh i just i'm worried about the nets a little bit i i obviously the talent should overwhelm still at a certain point but we we talked to ad nauseum in the offseason about how deep the nets were how many good role players they got. And then Kyrie went postal. So, I mean, mm-hmm. without Kyrie Irving, like, our, the Nets aren't a lock. I, I'm just going to say. They're not a lock. They, I like the no. Bucks more. Yeah, yeah what about the I, Bucks? I, <laughs> that guy Giannis exists in the East. I just well, think the, Miami's I think... defensive identity is ridiculous right now. And and just, like, every single one of their guys, minus Duncan Robinson in their starting lineup, is, is a fucking dog. And they can... They can shut down almost anybody, I think, on a – I mean, minus the Kevin Durant. 
Dom, what were you saying? Oh, I said, didn't Giannis sweep the Heat last year? Yeah, I I will I'll agree with that, but I'll also say I think we're gonna see a different Heat team, and I also think you think yes. that too. Yeah, the Lowry the Lowry is is such a better, a lot of pressure on that. It is, but I, Lowry's built for it. I feel mm-hmm. like on top of that, like this is the exact type of guy you want. He doesn't need to put up stats. He doesn't need to do much. He's just he's him and Jimmy, but are are just gonna be fucking <clears throat> Bam's insane. Still getting better. Mm-hmm. Bam Tim. as well. Yeah, he'll probably take another leap. Throw a hot take at us, Tim. Um, I was gonna say Lakers will miss, uh, not make the conference finals. We've already gone over that. Harrison Barnes <laughs> is going to be the Kings' best player this season. All right. <laughs> you covered that earlier. I respect yeah. it. Harry B. Feels like he's been in the league for 16 years, but he's only 29. Um, that is a hot take. I will admit that. Dom, close off this hot take segment. <laughs> Dom, I don't think you have anything hotter than Harrison Barnes being the best player on the team. But do your uh, best. <laughs> I think that Brandon Ingram gets traded. Mm, this Pelican. season? Yeah, that's my hot take. Uh, I just think they're going to suck. I think Zion's going to be pissed. And I think they're just going to try to um, get a, some draft picks and some good young players for him. Ben Simmons destination? Uh, let me. Uh, what if you were? Uh, hey, uh, Portland, throw a CJ McCollum. We'll give you Brandon Ingram. CJ, I think CJ McCollum has a no trade clause. How does CJ McCollum get a no trade clause? Jesus, uh, the president of the Player Association. I thought I read no. that. Somewhere. That's probably right. You're probably right, then. Um, but um, yeah, I think he's. I think he. Although he does better in like a smaller market, but mine was the Heat is going to win the Eastern Conference. So um, okay. Sorry, Dom. It's all good. All right, let's go uh, awards predictions here in a finals matchup to conclude. We'll go this uh, through this a, a little quick. We've been here for an hour. Thanks for everyone for listening. Um, we're going to go MVP. We'll go around the board. My MVP was Luka Doncic five days ago, but now it's Stephen Curry. And now we'll go Alex, Josh, Tim, Dom. Uh, I think MVP this year, especially... If Kyrie Irving stays out, uh, it's going to be Kevin Durant. He's due. He he will not end his career with only one MVP. Uh, the narrative is there, and he's dominating. So, okay, Josh. Yeah, I was between Durant and the guy I ultimately picked, which is Giannis. I I just think that he got the monkey off his back last season, winning the the whole fucking title. He's going to have similar stats again this year, and I he, it could be his league going forward. Okay, Timmy. Um. I, I mean, I think uh, Durant makes the most sense, but I kind of want to go out on a limb and say people want to vote for Trey Young or John Morant this year. One of the young guards. I'm thinking Ooh. I'm going to go with Trey Young. I think that's actually possible with how deep Atlanta is. Uh, Dom, what you got? I'm going to kind of go similar here. I think if the Jazz win like 60-plus games, you, Donovan Mitchell will win the MVP. Mm-hmm. Well, dude, Stephen Facer is going to love this podcast. My <laughs> guy, shout out to you, Stephen Facer. You've listened since day one. Um, we'll go to Rookie of the Year next, gentlemen. Um, we'll go pretty quickly through the rest of these awards before we get to finals matchup, but uh, I, Evan Mobley is my Rookie of the Year. I think that dude's just a freak, and he should have been the number one pick. Yep, the same as me. Josh? 
Yeah, I agree. I I mean, Jalen Green's stats are going to be there, but I think it's going to be the same thing as like uh, uh, Ant Man last year. Just like it's just it's it's like a lot of empty stats, terrible efficiency. So I just like Evan Mobley. I think we're past that with like advanced stats and defensive numbers. It should be Evan Mobley. He's he's been a, incredible so far. Tim and then Dom. Yeah, I haven't been looking at the rookies too much yet this year. Um, I kind of just glanced at the stats and I liked Chris Stewart's stats the best. But um, Duarte. I don't know. Duarte? Okay. Yeah, yeah he's good. He's good. He's, he's, he's uh, Pacers, right? Yeah. yeah. Un- underrated. Very. He's going to be first team all rookie for sure. Mm-hmm. Dom, who are you looking up? Uh, Davion Mitchell. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Let's That'd go. be cool. I don't really have anything else to say besides. Um, go Kings. Get the year, yeah. Um, these next three, I don't think it, I mean, unless someone has a definitive pick for any of these remaining, um, let's talk about coach of the year as a group here. I'm trying in my head to think about who is the coach of the year that like jumps out with the narrative Spoke. this year. Could see uh... Spo or Charlotte. Yeah. Charlotte's a good one. Is it Borrego? Yeah, like James Borrego? James Borrego. Ben Snyder. If the jazz end up one or two again, Alex, um, their team you think about with this. I could yeah. jump and make that, or I guess uh, the Hawks. Billy Donovan as well. Nate McMillan. Okay. But Nate Billy McMillan Donovan's cool. a good one too. Um, who are you guys looking at for most improved this season? Harrison Barnes. <laughs> Let's go, Alex. I don't know. Um. Oh my God, Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges, Josh, and Tim. I was well, gonna say I, John Morant. If he keeps I like going thirty-five Bridges. a game. It's gonna be hard not to give it to him. The Miles Bridges pick is good. I was I was actually racking my brain for this one. I I'm, I'm gonna go Miles Bridges. Let's do it. Okay. Um. I my most improved will be Tyler Harrow. Um. Let's go now. Let's finish with six man of the year, defense player of the year. Shit. I don't know. Draymond. Like fuck it. I don't Davion know. Mitchell. Like it'll be someone. <laughs> um. <laughs> Six man, I the only thing I think Jordan Poole is a very good candidate for six man of the year, but I also think Tyler Hero is. Does any name jump out to any of you before we get to get everyone's finals matchup and end this episode? Hero, hero, hero is like the prototypical six man. I feel like just he's gonna okay. do Jamal Crawford shit just consistently. It's a good point. It's a good point. Um, all right, Dom, what's your finals matchup and who wins? Uh, I have the Lakers beating the Miami Heat. And six. Alex. Russell Westbrook gets to shit all over this podcast. Oh, my God. He'll shit on us very hard if that happens, Dom. But you can host it. How about you get to host that one? <laughs> uh, Alex, what do you got for me? Um, I I think we're going to get a, a, a Bucks-Nets series. I think the Nets are going to pull it out, and they're going to be going up against – Obviously, the Warriors. Um, oh, let's go. The we're going to make jersey. the run, and we're going to win in seven. So you can, oh, you can put my name next that. to that one. I love that. Josh, what you got for me? Uh, I'm going to go Lakers Heat also again, but I, I have the Heat winning. I, I mm. think. Yeah. Oh, Miami Pro Podcast here. Timmy, what you got for me? I think it's Bucks Nugs, and I think the Bucks win again. Tim, you son of a bitch. That's the same thing I have. I have Bucks <laughs> Nuggets. Wait, you say Suns or Nuggets? I said Nuggets. Yeah, yeah. I have Bucks beating the Nuggets in six. Um, I think, I don't think, like, I'm not picking Giannis for MVP because I think there might be a little fatigue, boys, but I think we might see an ultimate, like, fuck you run in the playoffs by Giannis this year. And I look forward to it. And I bet Big Dog will really appreciate that. Um, Gentlemen, 
episode 126. We're a week into the NBA season. It has been such a pleasure to talk to each of you. I hope you all join me as we continue through this NFL or NBA season. Excuse me. Um, Alex, Josh, Tim, Dom. God bless, my friends. Thanks, Cheers, gentlemen. Love this you guys. This has been episode 126 of the Pineapple Couch with B-Rub. We will see you guys next time. Uh, God bless. Fuck LeBron. Yeah, one there it is. <laughs> I guess go Kangs. <laughs> go Kangs, fuck the Lakers. See you guys. Thank you.